Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to Postico Chronicles. We have such an exciting episode for you. Uh, before we begin, I just want to give you a uh, strong language warning as well as a content warning for um, discussions about homophobia and transphobia. So uh, just a heads up and enjoy the show. This is Postico Chronicles, and I'm your host, Matt Falk. Hello, everyone listening today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have some very special guests. Uh, usually, we only have one person coming in, but today we have three guests <gasps> in our uh, John Kelly study room. Uh, today, we have three. Uh, please welcome Elliot. Tom and Jesse from the amazing podcast, hilarious podcast. Do you queer what I queer? Hello. Hi, Hi Matt. You're too kind. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Would you guys like to say anything on behalf of Jesse? No, we don't let him speak. <laughs> We'd like everyone to. I don't know actually how he got out of his cage. No, Did but you let him out, Elliot. I accidentally left the key too close to the cage door, but you should all just erase him from your imagination. <laughs> just take Jesse and throw it away. For those listeners who don't understand, Jesse's the patriarchy, and we want him locked up where he belongs. Correct. Lock him up. Him there you go. Up. Yeah. <clears throat> Build a wall. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, before we continue kind of like going into this, um, you two are actually so funny. Have Has there like, like when I'm listening to this, I'm like cracking up on like the subway and people are like staring at me because <laughs> they think I'm laughing at them or something. Like, have you guys had like any formal training like with? Yeah, I have. I have. Um, I went to acting school, which wasn't very funny. But then afterwards, I did some courses at Second City. And sorry, this is Tom speaking now. And then I, uh, I did an internship there where I taught some improv classes. So I do have some formal training, but Elliot tends to keep up and then even show me up sometimes. So, Well, I also, this is not formal, but I took four years of improv in high school, and I guess that just kind of stayed with me. Um, of course you did. Yeah. You little, it was really, really fun. You little gay little I thing. didn't like sports. <laughs> also, hi, this is Elliot speaking, for those of you who can't tell. <laughs> okay, so there is a background. Okay, okay, in comedy. Um, for the listeners who have never heard of Dickwick, could you give a quick summary? Sure. So uh, Do You Queer What I Queer was sort of uh, born out of our collective anger at a lot of things that were going on in the world. And we have a belief that anyone who is inactive is, you know, not not <clears throat> um, not pulling their weight in society, perhaps. Um, it's a scary world. And I do think there's lots of things that everyone can do, especially if you have a um, certain amount of privilege, which Elliot and I both do have. Um, so we needed to activate that privilege in some way. So what were we good at? Well, we're good at knowing Being people stupid. and talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> so it's our own sort of funny, sad form of advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, getting together and talking about queer issues. Sometimes uh, we like to have guests on to tell their stories. We like learning through storytelling. And um, hopefully it's funny and hopefully it's heartbreaking. And hopefully it's um, it sort of uh, puts a fire under listeners' bellies to, to do something active as well. That was awesome. I also just want to add, hopefully, our idea is that can be a bridge between certain 
members of the queer community and certain members outside of the queer community who might not, um, the messages might not be relayed as to what we're speaking about as queer people and and what non-queer people know about us and it's kind of hoping to serve as a function between that so we have i guess you'd call them like specialized listeners who know probably everything that we're saying and listeners who this is their very first introduction so we hope to appeal to everyone yeah i mean i think like every episode i learn a lot um i think this is a podcast where like i love podcasts that talk shit about random stuff (laughs) (laughs) but at least i get to learn something here so that's good Taking a hint from your own podcast, uh, what color are the two of you today? Oh, right. So this was, I should explain this if, if yeah. you'll allow me, but this was sort of born out of, uh, you, you know, we, we talk about mental health a lot on our podcast because it is something that you have to be, you have to take care of when you're sort of delving into any issues. Um, that was vague, but um, <laughs> so in some, in a way, I was going through a really dark time and my way of sort of expressing that, like, I don't know how to really t- open up or talk to people about my mental health, but I do know how to send out just an alert to friends. And Elliot was, was the friend that I would be like, hey, I'm having a blue day today. And it was simply like, I'm very, very sad. That's what I'm going through. And I don't need you to even react, but I just need to throw it out to somebody. And so that's where it sort of started from. Yeah. Where's it ended up, and Tom? It's morphed into something much more queer, which is f- spectacular. Whereas, like, we really, in the moment, try to find our, our color, but it ends up being, it takes on different personalities and mm-hmm. forms and feelings. And um, we really take it as a as a juicy little slice of creativity. And it's also our way to frame the episode. We kind of set up exactly what's going on between our guests and us in the space. And hopefully we paint a picture. So hopefully people can actually see what we're saying when we tell them what our color is. I think it's a ridiculous way of sort of checking in with each other and yeah. with our guest and with the listeners. I don't know. So that being said, my color today is, um, it's like, so it's really really foggy and there's nothing around but there's like a patch of red in the fog and like you're pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a brick house but you're not positive and you're just like walking towards it's the only solid thing so my color is that like fogged over brick and then like you get through the fog and you touch the house and you're like oh like it, it is something solid you know yeah because like i've been feeling really brain foggy lately and i've been feeling really like vitamin d deficient and but you tired. found your brick house i'm finding you? my brick house i'm All trying right. to i'm trying to solidify these days you know yeah, that's good. Tom, what, what's yours? My color is like a a bright pale yellow, like the supermoon. I was driving back, uh, driving here to meet you people, and um, it was so huge, and and um, uh, I couldn't take my eyes off this fucking moon, and it was almost mocking me with its intensity, <laughs> and like sort of like being like, oh, you're anxious, I'm all powerful, and like you're pathetic, you little earthly being and um there's a super moon tonight yeah tonight yeah it's it's massive it took up the whole sky as i was driving here and it has the voice of a goblin apparently also (laughs) (laughs) matt what's your color Mm, i think my color is kind of like um it's like um i think the one that captures it the most is like a dill pickle kind of green i think i love that like crunchy garlicky yeah 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 
sort of. <laughs> is that what you were going for? Yeah, I like you know, like like swampy a bit. Like it's all over. Like you have a bite and it's all over your shirt. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. And you're kind of just sloppy. Yeah, <laughs> like sloppy garlic. Yeah, sloppy garlic. That's we all a need good one, Matt. That's we all need one. a bit of that in our life. Yeah. Um, so, um, outside of uh, do you queer what I queer? What else do you, both of you do? I guess Tom. Well, we're both in education. I'm uh, so <clears throat> I run community arts programs for for students aged seven to seventy. I'm sort of in and out of schools and different um, different organizations, and so I develop and coordinate um, programs, drama, photography, spoken word programs. So. Cool. Nice. I'm also in education. I'm currently um, doing my PhD. I'm just finishing my first year right now. And then outside of that, I have a portrait photography business, just kind of like personal for myself. Um, and I feel like I do something else, but I can't remember. You smarty pants. That's it. That's yeah, that's what I do. All right. We'll uh, <laughs> if you want, we could, we'll uh, put it on our website and give a, give a shout out to on the Instagram. That'd be amazing. If, Your photography. If you'd allow us. Yeah, whatever. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> how did you three, um, Jesse, Ellie and Tom, how did you three meet? Well, we should say Jesse's our producer mm-hmm. um, who helps us a lot. Yes. Does a lot of lost. Work. It's kind of funny though. We met completely randomly. We all served together at the same restaurant in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and we realized that we had odd chemistry, I guess you would say. Yeah. Because we would just, just cackle, just cackle and gossip and just be as dumb as we are on this podcast, but mm. every single day. Yeah. To the point where I'm surprised we still had our jobs. Um, by the end of it. Absolutely. And one day, Tom and I just at work realized. Because um, we were listening to My Favorite Murder, which is another podcast that has, um, I guess, has a goal and it's and it's educational, but also they just talk about dumb stuff. And Tom just looked at me and said, we're doing that right now. We can fully do that. So, yeah, serving food really brought us together. Yeah. We were I think we were what really brought us together was like expert leering. Mm-hmm. Like we would like I was going to bury that part of the story. See, but... No, I'm unearthing it. <laughs> <laughs> We would just uh, see specific people that we wanted to do really filthy things to. Yeah, it's totally. Um, and then so we would go, we would say in detail what these things were that we wanted to do them to each other. And we sort of fed off each other that way. It was vile. It was absolutely vile it, and potentially so illegal. Vile. Yeah. Totally. Just yeah. frightful. I don't want, I wouldn't want anyone to hear. I mean, I guess we do some of that <laughs> on this podcast. I think we do a lot of that. All I'll say is that Tom's worst one involved beans and a coughing fit. And I'll just leave it at that. Elliot. How dare I? I know. <laughs> Matt, delete that last part. <laughs> Jesse, edit it. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so you're at the restaurant. You're leering. Doing, <laughs> all, <laughs> doing all these illegal things. King That's Lears. how his memoir King starts. Lears. Yeah. How did it, after that, was it just, I mean, I felt like there was a lot more forethought than just that. <laughs> just the illegal yeah. activities, right? Like, is there like how did it go from um because i feel like there's a lot of commitment too you guys produce like one every week right yeah yeah Except i don't for, think we knew what a huge commitment it was gonna be no we met for probably three to four months in advance yeah um we met twice a week at glad day bookshop shout out to the queerest place in toronto we love you we love you we met there and we brainstormed and we 
figured it out but it's funny going back to those notes because we had no idea what this would turn into yeah. and we had no idea the amount of commitment but it kind of fell into place from there we just started and we pre-recorded a few episodes um late in august i believe yeah two one year two, ago 2016 two, I guess. 2016 yeah yeah so there was definitely a lot of planning involved 2017 i'm a liar it was 2017 yeah that, yeah. that makes sense <laughs> it's kind of uh, crazy though because like when you were there brainstorming at glad day mm-hmm. you have live shows later yeah, yeah. At glad day so well coinc- oh, that's not coincidence but i mean it was it- our way of repaying the space yeah yeah it wasn't a coincidence but we're very happy that it came sort of came full circle in a way Mm-hmm. Okay. If anyone's listening right now and doesn't know what Glad Day is, check it out. And if you're a student, go there and support them and get coffee and food and work. Because, yeah, yeah. I want them to stay around totally, forever. Totally. Um, so for someone who has never, ever heard your podcast ever, um, which episode would you recommend to them to, to watch? Out of, I think you have like 50 something, mm-hmm. right? Which one would you recommend? I always say that you should start with the latest, and Tom always says that you should start with the earliest, and so we That's just true. maybe say split the difference and start <laughs> at episode 25 or 26. But no, yeah, in all I, honesty, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, because if you start at the beginning, you we work through our process. We are collectively figuring out why we're doing what we're doing, and I guess we drop some of that later on. Yeah. Um, but well, it's embarrassing. I can't listen to our early stuff. I no, cringe. no, I don't, I don't like to either, but, but yeah. Perhaps it's necessary in the build of the storytelling, but I'm not sure. I, I, I have a, it's, it's weird because I never expected, we, we always set out for diversity, but I never expected to have episodes that are just so starkly different mm-hmm. than each other. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard. There are some episodes that I think are hilarious and some episodes that I think are really important, but really, you know, quite sad. Yeah, totally. So I guess it's just a grab bag of, of faggotry, of faggotry yeah, a grab totally. fag. Sorry to use that word. I <laughs> preface, yeah, we should probably we, we say, say that word. We're trying to um, reclaim it and yeah. empower ourselves with it. Yes. Um, and we understand that people have, do have problems with us when we say that word. But yes. We welcome those problems. Yeah. So. Was that answering your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. We, I think we went we went full full way around. Um, and uh, I think uh, many of the words you guys use hold a different meaning for many different people yes. so mm-hmm. one of those examples is the one you just said mm-hmm. and another one is the word queer mm-hmm. and I've, after listening to a couple episodes there's kind of like a definition and a redefinition and then there's multiple your guests have you know kind of challenged it in the past could you guys explain what that word meant to you both of you and if that has changed for you or how you've thought of it over the course of this entire podcast experience Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I guess I'll start. So I I had the pleasure of having um, a mom who was very into queer theory and introduced it to me from a young age and had I had family friends coming over for dinner before I knew the work they were doing, but they were queer activists. So I was um, very privileged in that I, I always knew how to activate that word if, if we're going to use that language and the, the power that had that like lay in it but I also understood that queer was derogatory for a lot of people and I understood that it meant different and it meant weird and I still heard it in my day-to-day life as an insult um so I I knew it had both the ability to be both things I guess I would say cool um yeah for me it was always an insult growing up I I was very sheltered catholic little schoolboy, but um I like the word because I feel like, and 
again, people are going to feel different things and take different meanings from it, but I feel it encompasses um, the wide range of, of uh, the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that there isn't like um, agency for your identity within if you, each of those um, In letters. Um, but I would like to believe that queer sort of encapsulates them all so that so that we are working together to push to you know to push this this movement forward this this uh um yeah i don't know if that makes any sense i've also been thinking lately too and your question made me think the the idea of it changing i think i i want to picture queerness as a signifier that's a blob instead of changing it just it just encapsulates more things and as people use it differently it's drawn in and it and it can mean all those different things simultaneously. And that's the power in it is that it it's constantly changing, but change is its normal state. It, it means everything to everyone. Right. And that's the hope that we're going to work towards. Oh my God. You're so smart. That's like really cute. I love like blob words. Matt, I can barely keep up with this co-host. It's so hard for me. I'm just so stupid. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> um, no, but I like that. I really like that. Thanks. I like making fun of you, but I, it's, perfect. it's perfect. That's perfect. what you meant. <laughs> so, the word you used earlier, um, mm-hmm. has anyone challenged you? Not the word queer, but the faggot. Other, yes. Yeah, faggot. Yeah. When after first using it, mm-hmm. now after fifty episodes, what's kind of like the people that you heard from friends, from you know the community? Like, can you explain that? Yeah. Well, um, there has been all kinds of feedback that I've gotten from that word. A lot of people really just don't like that we're using it, and you have to respect that in a way. Of course. And yet, have we stopped? Yet, <laughs> well, we have actually slowed it down a little bit. Yes. Um, but I find that other people who... I Just recently, a friend of mine was listening and really didn't like the word at first. But after listening to 30-some-odd episodes, he was like, Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm a fag, too. I, lo- I love that word. Mm-hmm. Not that we were totally responsible for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, again, I don't want to take anyone's feelings away from them. But as soon as you give power to a word, like you're sort of feeding into what that word having power over you. And what we're trying to do is make like take it off, just like, you know, cut it down, make fun of it, make fun of each other with it, make fun of ourselves with it so that it really just is ours again. Totally. And and hopefully people want to be faggots because when we were young, it was the worst possible thing to be. That's a great. So if we make faggot cool and faggotry inviting to people then then we've done our job because it shouldn't be an insult and the same people that called us fags will be sorry they're not fags in the future i think <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that sounds a, threatening a thinly veiled I'm, threat. I'm actually happy about it <laughs> oh boy Again, I just want to say yeah, that, that I don't feel that that should be universal. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's how mm-hmm. I. That's right. personally how I. Feel. Thanks for saying that. That's yeah, important. no, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so like for myself, like as a listener, like I learn many things. You know, every podcast I listen, you know, every episode, and um, I feel like for both of you, as you were going through this, it was also a learning experience. Like, was there ever a moment? And you every earlier you said there was like certain episodes that um, it was really sad. Some that are very. It's a very dynamic podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. Was there one, I mean, there's probably many things, but was there one thing that made you really think about it, like ravel, like, 
unravel like a bit like you know take a step back and really you know was there an episode like that um well for me it sort of happened over time that like i always you know i always we were always shooting for diversity and inclusivity on this podcast but there was something about starting it and i was a little bit sheltered i guess i had my head in the snow but um head in the snow is that a say it's the canadian version so wintry outside that i I, (laughs) it's fitting for this podcast i was just like oh if you're um if you're queer and you and you've received you know any kind of um heartache that's what that's what this podcast i think was going to be about and then i was totally blindsided by the fact that actually like being a queer activist means much much more than just your sexuality or your identity it means standing up for other people you know it means decolonization it means black lives matter it means you know supporting our trans youth uh, among many other things and so sort of my my world got really blown open which is funny because again like my background's in theater like I don't I don't know shit about this stuff and now I know a little bit more but I'm I'm thirsty for for more voices and more you thirsty hog (laughs) oink oink (laughs) does that make sense yeah that totally makes sense yeah i i feel exactly the same and like you said it is it's ongoing and every single week i learn something new um i learn new things from you tom and i learn new things through research but most of all our guests are just always keeping us on our toes and educating us and it's funny because one of our earliest criticisms was well you can't expect these people to educate you like it is your job to to also educate yourself. So I think one of the things that I've learned the most is the politics of actually engaging in in this line of work, I guess you'd call it, because it's not as easy as just sitting down and being like, okay, tell me about yourself or framing what someone's going to tell you. So we really go for kind of an organic experience and whatever comes out just comes out in the moment. And I think, yeah, for me, the learning curve is how to actually do this Mm -hmm. the most. But if also if I had to to answer the question because I feel like we're not very good at that. Um, I would I would maybe say <clears throat> our episode with Jeffrey when he taught us the word accomplice and what accomplice meant. Uh, it's something that changed my perspective on what activism means and yeah. and the work that we should be doing. And I urge everyone to go back and listen to it. It's called Justin Trudeau's Big Shiny Oily Gross Phallus. Good memory. And thanks. <laughs> I don't remember the number. So, um, but yeah. So. That that's definitely one of one of the things that it really changed my perspective upon hearing it. Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on that. You piggy, going <laughs> going. Um, yeah, that was a, that was definitely a pivotal moment for me too. Learning what th- what the difference between an accomplice and an ally is, and also realizing we'd only been allies, right? Totally. Like we hadn't been doing it right, which totally. is important. Yeah. Could you? Um, I know I'm me asking you, asking you to educate me. No, 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 totally no, 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 well, that's different because we're not, we're, we're no, yeah. settlers, right? So right. it's, <laughs> it's also, what what, it's also what we're here for. I welcome that. Yeah. So can you define the distinction between the two? Yeah. So allyship has always, um, uh, been a support of those usually marginalized groups of people being an accomplice means not just supporting them, but fighting with them and sometimes for them. So if there's like a front line, that's where accomplices should be. Because usually um, just being an ally puts the onus on the on the group that um, to, to do to be doing the work. And accomplice ship actually means stepping over that and doing the work 
in in a form of maybe protection. Totally. Or... And and like Jeffrey said, uh, allyship can be self-ordaining and it can be something someone just calls himself, but accompliceship is put on you. And like an in indigenous context is how Jeffrey explained it to us. It, it means that you're known to the indigenous community with which you work. You don't just call yourself an ally to that community. Yeah. Those those people in that community know that you are an accomplice to them. So an accompliceship is a really activated version um, of support, I guess. It's like you action, would say. right? It, it all goes back to like we always make fun. The way that we understand it is like the thoughts and prayers argument. It's like, right. no, no. Thoughts right. and prayers, that doesn't mean a fucking thing. Like, what are you doing to help change this problem? How long have you two known each other? I met Elliot the week I moved back from Australia. So that would be 20th, December of 2013. So Oh my god, it's been s- wait. 5 it's been 5, five years. Yeah, 5 yeah. years. 5 years. All right. Okay. So we're kind of playing putting like a twist on uh the newlywed game. Oh god. <laughs> oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. So for people who don't know, essentially um this game is we would ask one participant uh um, what the, if they know something about the other person, and then uh, if they say it, usually there's a piece of paper and there's a reveal mm-hmm. whether they're you know they actually know it. So there's a confirmation. Um, but I guess we're today we're just gonna play it by like loyal like honor, honor system. Yeah. Uh, fine. That's fine with honor me. System, we d- <laughs> like by the way, cheating at games for me is the worst offense. Like I I have ended friendships over cheating at games. Tom's so frightening. You can trust me on the honor system. It's I don't know about this one. No, absolutely. You can trust me too okay. because I'm afraid of cheating in front of Tom. <laughs> I literally fear for my life. So let's do this. All right, sounds good. All right, so I guess like a um, like a practice question. All right, like mm-hmm. a okay. practice round um, for both of you. Um, but we'll go for Tom first. Um, what is Elliot's favorite color? Very easy first one. Uh, and you know, Elliot would come up with one first. You know, this have is you... a very tricky question for us specifically, but um, blue, green. Tom, yours is orange, red. <laughs> that fucking sucks. <laughs> well, we, got, we got our cool tones. Yeah, and the, tones the right. shades are right. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, we like each other. We promise. <laughs> yeah, this is how it crumbles. <laughs> orange is the worst color. I also it's hate so orange. So hideous. How dare you pick the color you hate? If you're mad at the first round, <laughs> let's just see how this goes. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, what did the other person want to be when they grow up as when they were a child? Like what occupation did they want to have? I think Tom wanted to be an actor or hockey player. Yeah, an actor is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, no, you can't say two answers. <laughs> he currently does both, so maybe both. Okay. Um, oh, what did you want to be, you fucking faggot? Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, I'll have to give you a hint. The answer is really pretentious. Oh, a professor? No. <laughs> Rude, that is what I'm going to become. Um, no, I, <laughs> I wanted to be a foreign correspondent for, for a journal. Like I wanted to be like a traveling journalist. Oh, okay. Well, I never would have gotten that. Yeah, no, there's no I didn't way. realize you were Christiane Amanpour. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I want to be them. So, damn it. Over <laughs> to. <laughs> when did the other person get their first kiss? <laughs> 
<laughs> Tom was in grade six. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. Same for you. Grade five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, you guys are early bloomers. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to do where I grew up. Yeah, and ca- and I went to Catholic school. So. It's so horny, obviously, all the time. Uh, <laughs> for both of you, um, what was the biggest fear of the other person? Like, what is the biggest fear? Tom's biggest fear is letting people down. Oh, yes, that's right. Also being boring and snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Your biggest f- wow. Do I know nothing about you? <laughs> My biggest fear is not knowing anything about you. Uh, what, what do I? Know? What's your biggest fucking fear? I know Jesse's is fires mm-hmm. and snakes too. He hates fire snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so terrifying. Dragons. <laughs> oh God, you're not scared of anything because you're a monster. Um, the mirror. Oh, that's so <laughs> rude. I'll take it. <laughs> I actually don't know. I fully don't know. Right. I'll have to circle back to this. I guess my biggest fear for a while was dying. That's <laughs> like, so vague. <laughs> it's so vague. I don't you know. You didn't have a fear as a kid? like a, a Dying. Monster. Dying. Um, dying. Period. And um, Jesse's trying to sign to me right now. He's swimming or something. The deep sea? Oh, worms coming out of my skin. Yeah, I have trypophobia. That's probably... Fuck. That's really, really obnoxious. Wait, that's worms coming out of your skin? No, it's just holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. just like... Has anyone seen Princess Mononoke when, like, the goo yeah, yeah, shoots yeah. out of the boar? That fucked me up so hard. So, there you go, Tom. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> um, all right, so the last question. And what's the score so far? How many have... I think I got you? two for you. I think I, I think I got one for you, and, the, and it was because you don't have any fears. <laughs> <laughs> I have them. I just need to figure out what they are. Um, so, the last one is, which trait do you have that annoys the other person the most? Or actually, wait, maybe the other way around. Which trait do they have? Like, like, what do I do that annoys Tom the most? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's so difficult. I feel like I annoy you with so many different things. Um, <laughs> Not really. <clears throat> I'm going to say it's irritating to when I overthink situations. Yeah, that's true. Because you like to go an easy breezy, beautiful cover girl, and I... Yeah. And you, you could possibly throw off my vibe. With yeah, your... I, I quite often do. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what I think maybe that therein lies the answer for you too is sometimes I'm like flighty and obnoxious, and not like focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it pissed me off more if you didn't always pull through. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> it works. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. Oh, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm on that spectrum. I'm more of like overthinking. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I know that overthinking is a dangerous place for me because I'll spiral into like paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just need to always keep like, yeah, I shouldn't. I can see that it's harmful sometimes for myself when I ruminate over <clears> and over <throat> and over. Yeah, like for our co-producer for even this episode, I was like, we had to go like an hour and a half earlier, and she was like, "Why are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> well, and you're so prepared. You have waters for us. You have mic stand. You had everything fully prepped and sometimes planned. our guests get there before we do and we're like oh here's a candle tom comes in drunk and <laughs> <laughs> takes a shower drunk. <laughs> <laughs> all right that was the um that was the entire game um, that was fun i think elliot won so that congratulations was really thanks it was like three two right that mm-hmm. was the score. Yeah. yeah all right that's, that's not good. bad that's good yeah um so 
back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> More questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think like this epi- uh, this podcast was kind of like a way for, I mean, both of you to kind of connect with the Toronto community, um, the Toronto queer community. Have you guys been successful? Would you say that or how successful have both of you been? I think we have a long way to go. Yeah. That's a tricky question because <clears throat> I don't feel like I'm as connected as I wish we were. Totally. And if there's something about the format of a show, um, we need to figure out something in the future for this to to be something different. I'd like if we could have a physical space. Like th- we have so many big ideas, but yeah. um, it's hard to build a community when people are coming in and chatting and, and leaving. And, and we've built friendships with our guests, but sometimes it feels like we're not doing enough. Um, yeah. But we're definitely, it it's definitely started. And I would say that, like I said at the beginning, I didn't have any sense of community. I've definitely gotten one. But I've also realized that community isn't a thing. It's kind of an action. It's something mm-hmm. that you that you need to pull around and you yeah. need to constantly be checking back in with that community. Um, because in the queer community, there's so many yeah. smaller communities. And, and so I think we can just maybe, it comes back to accountability. We need to be more accountable. Right. My answer is tricky because I've always had a strong community here in Toronto. Um that with like lots of different sort of facets to it and so i've always been very very lucky and i have to say i'm so so lucky to have them support us but when i look out at our live show i see a lot of my friends my Mm -hmm. white friends who are my age Mm -hmm. who look like me who act like me so there is something to be said in that clue that i'm like okay wait i'm not we're not getting enough people and we're not getting the right people mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. yeah i understand that yeah i don't really have any friends so i can't speak to that <laughs> I, i'm just happy to see faces when i look out at True. our live show True, we're you very know, supportive <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah hmm. that that kind of raises like an interesting issue or problem like how <laughs> i don't want to sound like super aggressive but like no. like how how do we like, can we expect in the future for Dick Wick to kind of connect better? A super, super good question. Yeah, it's super hard to. I can't even think of anything. Well, we're working that. on it right now, or we should be working on it right now. Unfortunately, we're both very, very busy. But yeah. um, we do have some plans going into season three. Yep. Um, Jesse could also do his job better. That would be really nice. Well, I'm just, I've I've had it with him. Me I've too. I've had it with Jesse. It's Me too, quite to frankly. Maybe just say goodbye. Say goodbye. But That's no, we can do better moving forward. Well, it it it's it's going to be it always comes back to just more action. We have to, to put a concerted effort into it. Yeah. And we also had this conversation with Turn Me On podcast. Uh we recently did a crossover episode and we were talking about in kind of breaking out of the echo chamber effect and in appealing to communities other than your own like racialized community like us being being white men. Uh how do you do that in a way that's not tokenizing and yeah. how do you do that in a way that is not violent and that yeah. is interesting to people and so that's something that we're fully trying to figure out and don't know yeah so if anyone knows it's help. part of our journey it's <laughs> it part is of our journey. totally so i think as long as we're at least honest about that then that's something it's something it's in it's the right s- direction it's a start yeah. maybe so on the positive side uh What's we don't like the positive side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's something that you've kind of, I mean, Tom, you said you've been more connected. Or you've always been kind of you know, involved, but what's something that you've kind of grown to love about the Toronto-specific queer community? Something I've grown to love. 
You really don't. I'm hypercritical. Like. <laughs> I'm in this very critical space right now. I apologize. Think of think of last night though. Think of how you felt going from the concert we were at to the bar. Oh yeah, very good point. Yes, it's home. I feel home. It, definitely, I can. Wa- you know, I'm lucky enough to live near the village, which is you know, not as big or as vibrant as it could be, but it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, yeah i feel at home there where i don't really feel at home anywhere else in the city and that sort of safety is very important Mm -hmm. and i'm blessed to be able to live in a community that that is able to have that yeah last night we were at a a sad vegan (laughs) uh straight white lady concert kind of not not knowing that that would be she was actually talking about quinoa and the super moon, the super moon, right? straight up, like yeah, yeah. like no stage presence, just no like irony, mentioning yeah. quinoa and super moons, yeah. um, and no, everyone was taking themselves so seriously. And we got back to the village, and we went to the drink, and there was like men in harnesses serving yeah. ridiculous cocktails, and everything like was silly lights, like spattering about, and no one was taking themselves too seriously, and it was very relaxed. And Tom and I just kind of looked at each other and had this sigh of relief, um, because it is that is why the village exists. That is why this community exists. Is, yeah is safety to be being with your own people and being with people who aren't going to judge you. So that's what I also love about yeah. it. Cool. Ask me what I hate. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of brings me to the next question. Like what's something that you think is one of the biggest challenges facing this community? Well, I think we've touched on it before and we yep. certainly mentioned it in a lot of our episodes is that as safe as I feel mm-hmm. in the village, I am a cis white man. So that space is designed for me, for my safety. Mm-hmm. When I go to the drink or when I go to Woody's or any other bars or or shops, it's, again, all people that look like me. So there's got to be, you know, that's not what Toronto is. Toronto isn't cis white guys. It's It's not that. I know it's not that. So there's something we're missing as a community to to really provide queer safe spaces. And what's even scarier too is that we're seeing this wave of white alt-right populism actually targeting a lot of cis gay men and cis gay men are drinking that terrifying Kool-Aid and yeah. um this there's this trans historian uh, Susan Stryker who says that when social movement happens it's always the people in the community that are situated at kind of the top of the power hierarchy. So in identity politics again that would be straight white men and in our case gay white men um and when these people get rights, uh, as we saw, like with the with the the rights movement, they forget about why they're there and who got them there, yeah. and like all the trans women of color that fought, and it's just all of that's erased, and it's complacency, and it's look at how far we've come, and we're celebrating, and they just fucking let everyone else down and enact violence on that. So the the hardest thing is going to be making the community remember that, and making people that look like us uh, realize the amount of violence in just ignoring that exactly in inaction and and, and complacency um and it's also really scary like we're seeing a lot of gay celebrities uh do the whole mega thing and do the whole alt white alt white you know what i mean (laughs) uh exactly (laughs) do do that whole thing and wear that with pride and that's just just terrifying and so we're gonna have to fight against that and educate people because i think that is ignorance yeah at its core good one i i think like we've touched on this like many many times throughout this kind of podcast but like i think in an interview with the varsity newspaper so like so that's a uft newspaper um you said that you realize that you can't uh just acknowledge the privilege you have to activate it you have to use it so i mean speaking specifically with this context right Mm -hmm. like people who are 
um, white cis gay men mm-hmm. who in this community hold like a, a position of privilege. Mm-hmm. How, and this is like a difficult question. I'm not like, at, like no, I'm super, answer. super happy. How, how yep. do you build these kind of more inclusive spaces without tokenizing someone? Like, yeah. like, mm-hmm. like, how do you mm-hmm. kind of, cause it, when, when I'm like online and I see kind of situations where, um, uh, gay men are kind of talking down or saying very transphobic things. I'm kind of like, what? How do you? Mm-hmm. I, I'm very, I'm just gibberish right now. No, no, no I, I'm happy but, you're asking that question. Yeah. It's like, it's the most important question, and mm-hmm. it's one that we have to keep asking ourselves every day. And listening back, uh, I'm really happy you asked this too, because we always say activate your privilege, and and I realize that we don't really ever say how or what we mean. So I think it's really important that we specify that. Um, but I think just so again, uh, if you have a platform whatsoever and everyone does now with social media or mostly everyone does, it's about using that. It's about uh, understanding that there's more important things than yourself. And it's about understanding that um, and not everyone has the time or energy. And I understand that, but it's working towards something and it's listening to what the community needs and it's looking towards who is marginalized and who is left out. And it's about trying to bring listening, those, yeah. listening and, and trying to bring those people back in and yeah. I haven't gotten around the question of how to not tokenize. Like, it's just something I hope people can all talk about. It's yeah. something I hope people know, and it's yeah. it's really, really difficult. But uh, I guess looking around and seeing who's missing and whose voice is missing and seeing why. And in, in asking yourself why that person is missing, then maybe you'll answer the question of how to invite them in. Um, and maybe the answer is they don't want to. And that's yep. also okay, yep. but I think it needs to be a conversation um, history is so important. We need to go back to our history and we always need to bring this to the forefront. We need to be self-reflexive and we need to understand, uh, like even Tom and I say, what we're doing right now could in a lot of ways be violent. So it's always looking towards the future and always understanding if there's going to be negative ramifications. Mm-hmm. But again, like, did I give a specific? No. <laughs> no, we don't know. And that's the question that like, we hope that our podcast keeps on trying to answer and we may never answer it. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, have a conversation about it mm-hmm. start there that's the very least too and that like raises the question uh f- for people who live between two worlds or who go home to families that are maybe like upper middle class cis straight people bring this knowledge back there and i know it's uncomfortable and i know it's hard and for some people impossible and again i respect that but really pushing those uncomfortable boundaries and making sure this conversation isn't staying only within the people it's affecting yeah. Because those people have the power to change it also from the outside, right? Right. It comes back to accompliceship, which is what we were sort of touching on before. Like, there's a lot of people out there. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you have an aunt or a cousin or an uncle who, you know, is is not in line with queer rights. Mm-hmm. So it now is for you to go talk to them. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know why I said upper middle class. I was just thinking about my own family. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I just mean, you know, like those dinners that we all see, the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, because for sure there's someone in your family who's queer. There just is. Mm-hmm. So um, help them from having the really hard conversations if you can have them yourself. Totally. I think um, in that same interview that you guys had, um, you said that as the podcast grows, it becomes harder and harder to kind of like differentiate that from your like actual lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the future of do you queer why queer, what can we expect? What's the vision, I guess? I mean, I, I think you already kind of pointed it out earlier a little bit, but... But a more realistic vision for us is, um, and this is something that we're also grappling with, but 
uh, we're not funded and we have no sponsorship and that's really difficult because there are a lot of other things that need money that are more important um but we are going to establish ways of breaking even for this project so that we can continue to do it and that we can continue to um, gift our guests things and to make it worth people's time to come talk to us. So in order yeah. to do that, we need some sort of capital. So we have an amazing graphic artist. I don't want to say too much, but merchandise is something that's in the future. Um, Spilling the beans. A centralized you heard it here first, folks. Did you, though? A centralized <laughs> website. Uh, just pulling our shit together because, again, like you said, there's a lot of work involved. And when we started, we didn't do the four steps ahead thing we just threw all in so we're yeah. gonna kind of pull together and solidify our bases really yeah anything i missed oh fire jesse fuck jesse fuck jesse <laughs> we gotta fire him right now we have to yeah. actually he's in the room jesse you're fired i'm so sorry you're the <laughs> patriarchy though um yeah i can't wait to can't wait to see that website and buy some stuff send me, send Yay. me the <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah definitely um I guess that kind of closes up. Uh, thank you both of you so much for coming. Uh, thank you. It was a real pleasure. I'm excited to have you come on our show and be on the other side of this. Yep. <laughs> We've got some games for you, Bucko. <laughs> <laughs> Postal Chronicles is hosted and produced by me, Matt Falk. Alice Coombs was the co-producer for this episode. Special thanks goes out to Mick Falk. Our staff includes Russell Slav Soroka and Kasun Madagadara. Our main theme song is called Last Energy for the Day by Loyalty Freak Music. And there are other music credits on our website. There will also be other links to Do You Queer What I Queer as well. Um, if, you could, if you could give us a listen, give us a follow on iTunes, give us a rate and review, you can subscribe too. Um, those things are really important for stats, as you I'm sure know, Matt. So... Um, yeah and rate review and subscribe to yeah. the podcast give us an email right now give us yeah yeah that's yeah, a good one thank you Elliot. always <laughs> looking out give us an e- email at doyouqueer at gmail.com follow us on instagram facebook all those special twitter things i can't wait to listen to more of your guys' stuff thank and you hopefully to understand how we can be more inclusive without tokenizing i'm excited totally. to work together uh, with you on that good one <laughs> <laughs> help <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs>